Okay, so today we have full-time medical student, full-time athlete, some would say modern-day Roger Bannister. He'll help deliver your baby and then run a 352-mile Dr. P, also known as Cameron Presivia. The GOAT. The GOAT of Burnaby Mountain. The GOAT of Burnaby Mountain. <laughs> Cat, man. How was, how was Worlds? Can we just get into that? Yeah, it was a, quite a big experience. Um, as most people know, it started out with me actually not making the team. And then I had about a week of being like pretty sad. You guys saw me at practice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty upset with myself, being like, wow reflecting on the season you know and then i got the call up and got to go um was one of the last people in and i was like yeah book me my ticket i'll figure out school um yeah really glad i got to go for more of the people that like kind of don't know this stuff like what kind of went into you uh not making the team like what kind of happened there yeah so um the world athletics changed their system for accepting athletes this year uh, I was like, I guess this is the same as the Olympics last year. So they had a standard, which was 335.00, and they were expecting about half the field to make the standard. And then with the additional 24 or whatever people, there would be um, world rankings. So that's like an average of your top five races. Um, and then like you get a ranking score from that, and then they go down the ranking list. And so I was ranked 49th, and I needed to be ranked 45th. To, to go to Worlds and um, yeah so I didn't think that would be good enough uh, and then fortunately there were some scratches uh, maybe like five scratches or something and <laughs> yeah. I snuck in yeah I actually got a call that uh, I think it was like July 6th and I thought that July 4th was the cutoff date and it was like a random number from Toronto and I didn't answer it the first time because I just thought it was like <laughs> yeah, a scammer you know when you get those <laughs> random things and then they called again and it was like nine o'clock at night and then as soon as they picked up, I knew the the girl on the phone who was from Athletics Canada, and like heart started going. Oh, I was like, "Oh no, this is not happening right now." <laughs> um, and yeah, said yes right away. They put me on the list, and then I had to figure out school that night. And yeah, fortunately, I got a, it off. That's a little hectic, though, right? Because originally, I think you told me you like booked time off for school, and then you had to book <laughs> it. Like you had to say, "Okay, no, actually, schedule me for the hospital shifts," and then come back and ask for it again yeah yeah so um i originally got my absence that i'd been working on for a long time moved to to uh, august so i could go to NACAC. yeah and then got it moved back and then also was like hey just a clarification i'd still like to go to the bahamas if that's an option <laughs> and luckily the the guy who was dealing with it it was a pediatrics doctor because i'm doing like six weeks of pediatrics now yeah. he was like you only get like experiences like this a couple times in your life and um, you're only like good at something and at the top of your game, like a couple times in your life. So yeah. you just got to go take full advantage and he fully supported it. So they were nice enough to give me two trips off. Yeah. Uh, so that's, what's next then you're going to NACAC at the, that's in August. Yeah. So, um, I was actually, when I finished, um, like the Canadian season and I didn't think I was making it to worlds, I was like super excited to just put in a solid training block and go into NACAC and just like right my wrongs in a way and run fast and then I was actually a little bit disappointed because I had to delay my return to like working hard for another two weeks or so while going to Worlds and like that was my initial thought I was like I, w- I just want to like get in better shape yeah I have to go into Worlds and keep tapering and stuff but then yeah. it all worked out I'm pretty happy <laughs> overall and happy I got to go to Worlds yeah man it seemed like a sick experience we all were just supporting from our our couches while you were up there on the track um I just want to get into that. Like, how was it 
I seen um before the race, you guys are all put into like like a tent and you're just kind of like chilling and looking across. And I mean, you're looking across people like like Jakob Ingerbrisen, right? Yeah. So it's like, how does that feel when you're just sitting against the best in the world? Um, it is kind of surreal and. I think that I was very blessed to have World Indoors to have that experience first off and kind of just get over that hump. Mm -hmm. um, but it, yeah, it is wild. Like you get s about half an hour before your race, they start calling out like heat, whatever of the 1500 come in and then you sit in this place for like five minutes and everyone's doing their things and there you are like, I think Tim Chariot, he was late. Like they f had a final no call, way. right? <laughs> and then everyone in the room's like, oh, is Tim not here? Did he scratch? Like saw him working out or warming up, whatever, right? This guy comes in like two minutes late, just saunters in. <laughs> like he's playing head games probably, right? Um, sits down, he's fine, right? And yeah. it's just kind of surreal. Like you see, I think in my heat, I had Tim Chariot, Ollie Hoare, uh, Cooper Tier, yeah. you know? And then like that's just amongst another couple of good athletes. Yeah, you leave that tent, you walk down another hall and sit somewhere else. Um, it was kind of stressful. They're like, hey, you have five minutes, get your spikes on, they give you a new number, uh, go to the washroom if you want to right now, and there's like no time for strides, right? And oh, okay. so like the overall process of getting to the track takes about 20 minutes. Um, and yeah, I think World Indoors gave me that experience, and this time I was a lot more calm, like I was trying to make jokes and pretty sure everyone in the room kind of hated me <laughs> i was actually talking to cooper because um he like i had a race with him at oregon i remember you were there yeah, yeah. and then we had that big rainstorm right? yeah, and yeah. then he goes on to run world standard and i was in the tent being like i bet you're hoping for a rainstorm right now <laughs> hopefully something like it clearly worked for you no because that was a crazy race that one yeah. it was like nothing well a little bit of like drizzle here and there but then yeah the second you get up on the line like it just yeah Downport. it just goes crazy yeah you think that like the fact that we you train up here on burnaby mountain and like the weather's kind of unpredictable do you think that it plays a role at all like being ready for like just the randomness of races i mean i didn't have a great race that day yeah um, <laughs> and as a lot of people know that i complain a lot about the heat and luckily on the days of the heats it wasn't too hot yeah. um but yeah we do get quite a bit of weather up here mostly on the cold end and I think I adapt more to the cold than most people, but still, like, yeah, it's not ideal if you want to run fast. It was pretty hot up here um, uh, during Canadian Nationals. You guys were wearing some like ice vests during that. Um, how was the weather like in in uh, Oregon? Was it similar or? Uh, not quite as hot for my race days. I think it got hot like Monday, Tuesday, and I raced on Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Um, the day of my Saturday race was actually pretty cool out and. Um, it's kind of like here where it takes like half the day to warm up. So it never got too, too hot. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it was, was like perfect weather. It was, it was pretty perfect weather for the first day. And then that along with like, I don't know, the whole build up. And then I'd run in um, Hayward before. Yeah. And it's like an unreal stadium. But that along with going out and seeing like full crowd, seeing like you oh, yeah. up on the, <laughs> the big screen. And like my parents got tickets right beside the 1500 start. So, like I said, hi to them, but, like, it was pretty overwhelming. I actually, I'm not too emotional, but I actually got, like, a little bit of a, something yeah. in my throat for a second. Wow. Like, Holy crap, this is, this is wild, yeah. yeah. Well, because you've been at it for, like, a long time, right? Like, I, I um, maybe we'll get into that a bit. Like, a lot of people maybe don't know, like, uh, high school, you know, like, you were, like, doing high jump and things like that, right? <laughs> like, um, 
so yeah you've just been working from kind of like the bottom all the way to like the top now what was that like kind of walking on to a the SFU team and having like you think you're like a high jumper and all of a sudden Brit's like no you're gonna be running like the 815 yeah it was it was pretty wild like my first practice um at Mundy Park I remember the workout was like three 2ks yeah. um just for for reference I guess you guys would know more than me but the first rep uh, Natasha Wodak she used to train she's like a Olympic marathoner yeah, yeah. she used to be in our training group and I was doing everything I could to stay ahead of her for this 2k right and that's a challenging loop so I went way out of my comfort zone trying to stay ahead of her and then on the second one tried to stay ahead of her again and just got absolutely dusted <laughs> and was like oh okay yeah. I am not very good at this I sport. had that exact <laughs> same experience because I trained under like back in high school under like Lincoln Nuka and she was training Natasha at that time as well. And we were at a park in uh, White Rock and I was doing like 800 repeats because um, I was only in like grade 9 or 10 at the time. And she was doing miles. And it was like the same thing. Like I'm going all out yeah. to try and keep up through 800 and she's like doing a mile. Just yeah. absolutely dropping me. I was like, holy cow. She's got such a quick cadence too. Like, and she makes so much noise when she's breathing. You're like, oh, okay, she's dying. But then she just keeps. She doesn't stop. It just Whoa. is like relentless. Yeah. yeah. So, Cam, when you were going into SFU, like graduating high school, what were your, your times looking like in the 800 and the 15? Uh, so, I didn't run any 1500s. And really? I ran uh, 800 in like 206, I remember. Um, I think before the 206 race, which honestly, like, that was the most lactic I've ever had. Yeah. Like, when I wasn't well trained and I wouldn't run that 206. Because I remember that the years after. I was always like, oh, I have more in my system because I never went that all out. Where like the 206, like everything in yeah. my body was dying. Um, but before that, like I wasn't really focused on track. I remember one track meet I like was at a rugby game because that was like more of my sport at the time of the year. And then like after the rugby game, just like go to Swan Garden, <laughs> hop in the meet just to like qualify, <laughs> run like a 217 or something. Yeah. yeah, Like no idea about times. Like I was comparing my times to when I ran as a JD, like 238 or something. Oh, I was like, yeah. oh, I'm way ahead of that. Like, <laughs> not realizing that I was like more of like a grown man versus like a child at that point. <laughs> but still being like, yo, I'm so much faster than I used to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like was so naive. Um, running 206 and then still like to cross-country training camp yeah. I brought my track spikes like <laughs> I was like oh yeah we're gonna need these I don't know where the track in Whistler is but like just in case bring my track spikes you know <laughs> yeah and it was um I seen like when I was watching uh, Worlds we seen a Canadian flag right and it said Mozcrop number one can okay. you just explain that because it was in almost every single start of race you see that yeah so um I saw that too Okay. And multiple people were messaging me being like, who's this guy? Like, is that for you? And in my head, I'm like, this guy's always behind the sprints. You know, like he had that flag in the 100 meter finals, the 200 meter finals, and yeah. he was always there. So I was like, there's no way if someone was like cheering specifically for me that they would pick Moss Grop to be the thing that they like try to get my attention with. Yeah. So after like so many people asking me and I thought like, oh, maybe it's something to do with Aaron Brown because he was in all those finals. Uh, I reached out to my high school coach who doesn't coach at Mosscrop anymore and was like, yo, what's the story? Like, do you know who this guy is? And then he said that there's just this, um, he, he actually said in the text, he's like Algerian uh, social studies, French teacher or something like that. And he goes to these meets. He's like a super track fan. 
and he puts the flag up to like show his students after so it actually had nothing to do with me yeah it was like just this random teacher that was there past my time and apparently he goes all over the world um to go to these track meets and by the time i figured that out and was like oh i should actually just go say hi to this guy it was too late like i was leaving the next morning and Mm -hmm. yeah so maybe maybe i need to go visit my high school and say hi to this guy or maybe i just make worlds next year and (laughs) say hi to him yeah because you're a bit of a superstar now coming from Moscrop, and i mean what are the chances that He's from the same school with a Canadian flag repping, and it says number one. So. Yeah, I know. It's pre- I'll just take it from now on, right? Since yeah. I'm sure it's that Moscrop, because before I was like, yo, it could be any Moscrop. Yeah. It's not. It's your same high school. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, got anything? Yeah, I guess the next thing I was going to ask is like, so yeah, we talked about kind of coming into SFU, running like 206 and 8 and things like that. Um, what was your progression like, I guess, your first few years? Like, how hard did that first year of, like, I guess, proper training actually hit you? Um, like, like I said, I was just super naive to the whole sport. And I think early in cross country, like, this is when I was, like, a 206 runner. I saw my high school coach who, Besnik Macy, I don't know how to say his last name. But he didn't, he coached me for about a month because he was a coach at another high school, like, in New West. And we competed against them. Yeah. He coached me for a month before BC high schools. And then when I saw him in cross season, like running terribly at the BC cross thing, he's like, I think you're going to run 155 or 54 this year, right? And then I was like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. I'll do that for sure. (laughs) Like not realizing like 206 to 154 is not like a a normal jump. Yeah. Um, And I think like coming into January, I was doing strides. And then that's when Britt finally was like, hey, this guy could be good. And she told me, she's like, wow, you're progressing really well. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to run 154 this year. <laughs> and she's like, uh, maybe not. Like, <laughs> like that, that's pretty fast. And like at the time, the fastest guy on the team was like 154, right? Yeah. And there mm-hmm. I am like, like running four minute Ks in, yeah. in Mundy Park. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to run 154. Did, did you end up running? I ended up running 154.99. Yeah, let's go, man. Yeah. And, um, I had no idea, though. I was just, like, out there running. So, uh, I just want to say, so for the, for the people that don't know, uh, could you just, like, say your, your PBs right now and, and all your events, including high jump? <laughs> yeah. High jump. Uh, so, unfortunately, high jump's the one thing I went down in because <laughs> I had, like, a 180, I think, 1.8 meters in high school. That's and pretty, then good, did high jump once at the UBC SFU <laughs> dual meet. And I got cut off at 150. Like, we just had to cross one like i had to go over one bar so that i could secure fourth place because yeah. of the scoring or something like that i actually made gnex with that like i was <laughs> in 20th place uh for the conference meet that i asked her i'm like can i do it she's like no 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 um so that went down but going up 800 i've run 148 uh 1500 336 mile 352 the the nice boston track yeah, one. Your canadian oh. record and then 3k 747 and I'd prefer not to say my 5K time because next year I'm going to obliterate it. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. I've run one 5K and I was a little sick when I did it. And I was, this was before my breakthrough. So it doesn't count. Yeah, I'm going to pull in here. I'm going to pull in here ask some questions. That was behind the camera, but... Yeah, just, just a bit. Ah, yes. Like <laughs> <laughs> No, bro. Yo, talk a little bit about that mile, though. The indoor mile you had, obviously we're going kind of like a couple months back, but uh, how'd that feel in Boston, 352 mile? That was, 
I can't say anything other than just a little bit wild. Like, if there was any one thing, now looking back over my year, where I was like, okay, I've actually become an elite athlete, it's the fact that I can look back and be like, I have a Canadian record. That's insane, bro. Yeah, and like, the, I know it's an indoor one, and it's like a less, like, less run distance, but just the fact that it's like, a Canadian record. Well, like, also like pretty cool. Three fifty two is like three fifty two, regardless if it's yeah. indoor or outdoor. Like that's that's no joke of a mile time. Yeah, the, the fact that there was only Josh Kerr in front of you, that was the only athlete in front of you. That's pretty cool too. I feel like yeah, I was on the line watching you, and I was like about to race right after, and I was like losing it. <laughs> Did that just happen? Everybody yeah. was trying to focus because we were like heat too, and I'm just like, let's go. I'm like, no way, no way. I'm like, what? I'm like looking at the time. I'm yeah. seeing you like pass everyone because like. The, tactically, how you ran that was really interesting. Like, I don't know if you want to expand on that, how you actually paced yourself to run the 352 because you already knew some stuff before and you used that to your advantage. I don't know, like, if you want to expand on that. So, uh, I kind of learned this first from Charles, like, who's a very good 1500 runner in Canada. Charles Philbert Tibuto, for yeah. those of you that don't know, he was in the at Worlds with Cam as well for yep. Canada. Lord CPT. Lord so, CPT, yeah. So, la- one of my last 1500s last year when I finally got put into like, a field that I felt like was competitive or more competitive for me. He was like, you need to just go into gaps, you know? And I originally heard that this, the pacing for that was going to be like 155 through 800 or 809. And I was like, okay, hey, that's a little fast. So I'm going to put myself a little bit back. And then just as soon as gaps form, just go in the gap. Right. So I was kind of near the back and then, but it was just not like not worried at all. And just every time I saw someone start to move a bit further back or like there'd be a little bit of space, I'm like, go in that space. Mm. And then that just ended up getting me up into second place by the end. I had no idea how fast I was going. Um, But you knew how fast they were going to go before, right? We had some talks, you know, like some Brooks Beast guys were like trying to like go pretty fast before. So that's what they were saying, like 155. And I'm like, oh, that's a little too quick for me at the time. But I just remember, like, I remember seeing, like, 158, 159 or whatever it was. Whoa, that's... And then I just did not even contemplate the splits. Like, in the in. past, I used to be, like, a lap to go, like, oh, I got to run a 60 to run this. I remember in my head with a lap to go, it was, like, two, 324, right? Mm. And there was nothing in my head that was, like, what do you need to run to run fast? Like, I was just, You're just sending looking it. forward and being, competing. like, Purely wow, competing. there's a three, yeah. You look like a rocket. I remember seeing it, like, <coughs> again, they were kind of a little focused on, on Josh Kerr. But yeah, then, like, yeah. you get these angles, and it's just, like, there he is. just coming, absolutely yeah. clawing down the backstretch. Like, yeah. Because yeah, that was two two national records in the same race, right? Because Josh Kerr got his national record as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So he got his UK one, um, and then I got that. And unfortunately, I mean, it doesn't matter now, but... I was hoping for a little bit more like love from flow track and stuff. But straight up, straight up, flow track. Step your game up, man. Look at Canadian athletes, bro. Come on, guys. <laughs> but yeah, since then it's like that's been a really, really high point of this season. Um, and after that, I finally was starting to get into races with like top US pros, mm-hmm. whereas before I had to like be in the second, third heat and kind of like prove myself. And yeah. It's been a little bit of a learning experience now trying to find where I belong in these races. Um, I think looking back, like after Worlds and stuff, I think I got to do what I did last year. But when you're with a bunch of elite people, like you have to start to figure out what works for you. Like obviously now, like Stewie, I talked to him a bit after Worlds and like he goes to the front because that's his best race. You, you know? got to know your strengths you know? and your weaknesses. Yeah. Right? And like Jakob, for example, 
he's probably choked, but he lost the gold because he made like tactical mistakes that didn't like align with his strengths. Yeah. So what I'm kind of doing now and what I see myself to get to the next level is to like find out what my way of racing is. It's crazy how um, like people think like track and field is just like you run, oh, it's such a simple sport. But then when you put into like all the strategy, all the technique that you need to like, the analysis that you guys actually like at a high level put into it, mm -hmm. it's crazy. Because I don't analyze my races like that. And I feel like when you're like just starting in track, like you don't really think about it that way. But then yeah. once you're later on, every second counts. And like you guys all look at your strengths, your weaknesses, like how you're going to, mm -hmm. you know, what's your best odds? You're putting your odds on your side, right? Which is crazy. Yeah. Like another realization is like in the prelim, I ran like 337 just off of what would have been my PB last year and closed in, I think, 54. Mm. And then you see, like, I'm in ninth place, and maybe I was, like, a little boxed and had another second, but there's, like, eight people ahead of me that are also running 54 in the last lap. Yeah, and, was. like, this is the top of the sport. But still, it's, like, what do I have to do to make sure I can be in that top six to make sure I qualify to the next round and not go on time? And that's kind of what I'm thinking towards next year. And that takes me, like, analyzing where I ran my best, which is that mile... And being like, okay, what did I do there? What can I do to like replicate that? So that yeah. I'm always, always like optimizing my chances. Yeah. Because like everyone can run really fast, but it's just up to like centimeters at that point. Mm. Like where you use your energy and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So you are going to be continuing then for the years to come? Because you, I know that med <laughs> school is also picking up quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, with med school, that's so is tough. It, How's the uh, like balance for that? Are you figuring it out pretty good? I mean, obviously, you've been running amazing this year, qualifying for Worlds while doing it, but... Yeah, um, so now the plan is to go through to 2024. Okay. I think coming cool. into this year, I was like, ooh, 2022, cool, if I make Eugene, um, I'll be happy with my career. But now that you have like the taste and now that I've been able to handle it, I think yeah. in particular this year is going to be hard um, just because it's like a lot of clinical time and stuff. And I think the fall, fortunately, is going to be my most difficult time when I'm actually not focused on competing. Um, but come the new year, like 2023, my schedule will be okay. I'll probably have to do a lot of workouts on my own, but even this year, whatever. you've been doing a lot of workouts on your own, yeah. which is uh, pretty impressive. It's kind of crazy because you're out there competing against guys that, you know, they just sleep, run, eat, repeat, and they just like chill all day. But like, you got to go and like deliver babies and like, or, like <laughs> you know, you got to go at the hospital and help out and do your, your uh, practicum. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, like I'm... Now that I'm reaching this level of worlds, like I was reflecting on that and like you're at the world championships where everyone's or most people's jobs is running. And if you're competing against them, they don't care like, oh, that guy was like a second behind me, but he's also no, doing they that. Don't care about like, that. They don't care about that. Yeah. Well, that's his problem. You yeah. know, like, so I kind of like to, I'm now thinking like I have my running and that's one whole world. But then at the same time, when I'm at school, like, I don't talk about the running. You have two separate If I worlds. fail an exam because I'm running, they're like, well, quit running, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, it's really nice having this, like, double life in yeah. a way. Does that you help? Know? Like, the fact that you can, like, just put, like, let's say you have a bad workout, you can just put it behind you and get to, like, the hospital. You think yeah. that helps you long term? Mm. Yeah. Um, like, every day in the hospital so far is just, like, a reflection of kind of, like, a privilege I get to have. Um, Like at the same, I mean, worked, same kind of privilege as me, like going to Worlds and being on this stadium and having the camera, everyone in the world seeing me run. 
it's the same sort of privilege as yesterday. I saw some really, even yesterday, saw some really interesting and crazy things um, that not a lot of people get to experience. And like what? What was that? Like at the hospital? You mean? <clears throat> oh, it's it's really sad. But I was in like um, the neonate uh, intensive care unit yesterday. Mm. So it's where all the babies who either have some issues after they're born or like are born premature or stuff like that and just like having this experience of like no questions asked you're going up and like doing an examination on this someone's baby and they don't yeah they're not saying anything. like that's just a, a cool experience you yeah, know totally like listening to their heartbeat and like looking for things that could be wrong like it's just really cool in the same way that being at worlds and like running at the highest level is cool and i like having like a divide where i have these two lives and they don't really complement each other but mm. they kind of keep me balanced in a way too yeah because also like you know like if you're just a pro runner like let's say running is going bad you don't really have anything else to look forward to so it might put you in the well like mentally yeah but yeah. i feel like for you if like let's say like running is going bad which like hopefully it won't like if it does a little bit you kind of like well, I also have med school and all that to look forward to, right? So you can mm -hmm. kind of like switch off from one thing to another. Um, so that that's dope. But yeah, let's bring it back to like worlds though. Like, is there anything interesting you saw? Like I know like uh, Jacob and like Josh Kerr were doing a lot of noise, right? They were going back and forth about stuff. And uh, um, like, I don't know, talk, talk, not talking shit, but like, yeah. they were both kind of uh, cocky towards each other. Is there stuff you observed that was kind of cool? Yeah, so you do feel some sort of tension. Um, at the end of the day, most of the athletes are regular people. I think that you get that from track where no one's making, well, most people aren't making crazy amounts of money. But like in the same way you have rivalries in your conference and your, within your team and stuff like that, there's some rivalries that go on behind the scenes. Um, personally, I did see some bantering from Jakob during Josh Kerr's heat. Oh. Uh, I ended up telling Josh Kerr later when I saw him what Jakob was saying. Oh, he was like I, speaking while he was watching him run? Yeah, yeah. So in the after race area, like you finish your race, you walk through a bunch of cameras and stuff like from all over the world. Yeah. Like CBC will stop you and interview you. And like, it's kind of cool. And, like, like, everyone and, like, gets stopped by their... Yeah, GNAX. <laughs> everyone will get stopped by like their own country's news. But once you get out of that and your bags and stuff are waiting, they have TVs there. And you kind of just chill out there while you're putting your shoes on, talk with the other people a bit. But yeah. then I saw Jakob, like, watching Josh Kerr race and, like, giving him some shit. What was he saying? He was saying, like, uh, without some language, just basically making fun of his celebration and saying how easy it is to celebrate when you're running really slow. Oh, didn't he do that in the 5K? Uh, yeah, I don't think he did yeah, some celling too. So he, he kind of, like said something but then did it himself right yeah yeah well i guess he was, he's he wasn't making necessarily making fun of josh kerr he was just saying that just it saying is easy to celebrate when you're running slow and i guess oh. that's just saying how easy it was in a 5k since he was celebrating <laughs> i don't know but like yeah you see some of that and you cool down and run into people and like have some little post-race that's cool yeah. but everyone's just a regular person it looked like the atmosphere was really awesome like you probably went out after right like there was like all the <laughs> all the tent all the sorry the the brand houses like the new balance house the nike house yeah. the adidas house like around the stadium like did you get to experience that after and like how was that yeah we were talking about though like earlier before that little uh, interruption we we're asking about like how you got to experience like after your race, like, did you go out? Did you go to those track houses? Like, how was that? The atmosphere looked electric, honestly. Yeah, so the track houses themselves, for the most part, were just, like, 
places where sponsored athletes go to pick up like their special kits. Mm. So like Lindsay, for example, because she's New Balance, uh, New Balance has a little house there with like hospitality, yeah. and then she goes there and gets like a gear bag kind of right. Yeah. So there wasn't any real parties and stuff that I saw based off of that. Right. Okay. But there is this bar that was right near Hayward Field where every night I heard was bumping with people who like came in from all over the states. Um, the one night I ended up going, there was a lot of BC people there, which was pretty cool. Like I think some of the coaches from the area who traveled down, they were there. And the craziest thing was just like the amount of love I got. Um, For real? That's sick. Yeah. Like, like I went there and like, usually when you go out, like no one notices you, but like the coolest thing was like random people know, That's awesome, you know, bro. like, like That's not only need. like the no locals, but like some randoms came up to me from Boston and they're like oh yeah we've been fans of watching you progress like one of them was at the Canadian mile record and remembers Yo. watching it and it was just cool like you get a mix of people who like appreciate you and know you from the sport but then you also get these like high caliber athletes like yeah. um I saw what's his name well my favorite steepler the Kenyan Kipruto yeah, he just walks in with a beer like in some Jordans and stuff like that and like <laughs> I dope. usually don't fan like fangirl too much about athletes because I'm like oh I want to be one of them I don't yeah. want to like take yeah, pictures your competition but I well. said to someone nearby I'm like he's actually my favorite steepler like such an inspiration and he's I dope. had to take a picture with him but it was just like it's cool also... like seeing people like that and like a re again like the regular people even mm. if they're super super good at sport like everyone's down to have some fun and relax and doesn't take it too seriously all the time yeah it's probably weird because you always see them in split shorts and like singlets and now you see them in their like regular attire yeah and it's just kind of like uh probably just different right yeah yeah like craig engel said you guys are all regular people that just happen to turn left really fast yeah i think that's that's pretty uh except if you jump or something like that <laughs> yeah and like people do other things like there's some just like me having like balance with school and and running like Some people can afford to have more balance with like social life and, and stuff like mm. that. And like, there's definitely people that surprise me, even on Team Canada, about their ability to let loose a bit. I don't to know if I want to turn name. up pretty hard. Yeah. You don't need to name drop, but like. Yeah. yeah but there, mean, there's people like that, and then there's other people that are way more reserved. And yeah, it's like, like that. their best life for running is like getting to bed on time every night having salad for dinner mm. you know and eating some grass yeah eating some grass you, you know, know but everyone's like different that. and you just kind of do what you do what makes you happy what kind of optimizes mm -hmm. running is there anyone you thought was going to be a little bit more like extroverted like any runners you see and then you meet them and they're kind of like just in their shell oh i can't uh, no need to know i mean everyone yeah pretty... actually yeah don't no. <laughs> actually there's just one little funny story like I was hanging out with these OGs from UBC, like the like the old coach at UBC and stuff like that. And then one guy was going on about wanting me to meet everyone. So I met this like Eamon Coleman, I think his name is. I can't remember. But he's like a previous like world record holder for the mile. I think he ran like oh. four, 349. Yo. So I go and meet this guy. And this guy's got like a lineup of people that apparently going to meet him. But right? that, that's in Canada or the States? No, he's like, you. he's like, Irish or something. Okay, like so that? he had the UK, UK the UK yeah, record. like a really fast runner. So I go and meet him, take an awkward photo with him, whatever. <laughs> He's probably drinking too, doesn't really know what's going on. And then as soon as I get back, this guy's like, "Okay, now I want you to meet Matthew Centrowitz." <laughs> and oh, Matthew I'm like, oh, "Okay, Matthew Centro, like his dad, right? Because I just oh, know this old right. guy. <laughs> I'm gonna follow this guy." And then I go up, and it's like the Matthew Centro's like 
2006. It's Young Central. Like, champ. Yeah, and the same thing is like, oh, nice to meet you. And I'm like, why am I like meeting this guy? Like, I'm going to be on the line with him next year. Like, So this UBC, this UBC OG, like a coach, he was just trying to get you to meet these athletes. Like, yeah, yeah. So I, I, feel, I feel like what he was doing is he was trying to use you so that he could meet them. I don't know. Because he's like, oh, I go way back with Matt Centrowitz. And I'm like... Yeah, probably the dad, but he's just trying to. Do <laughs> it was kind of weird. Do some Loki flexes on you. So Centro was at Worlds though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's oh. just got recovering from surgery. Yeah, but he's, he's been like bro- an organ. Yeah, that's guy. why we weren't sure because he's been in like this rebuild. Yeah, Yo. he's coming back to prove everyone wrong. I'm sure. Well, yeah. But Did you honestly, talk to him about like some stuff, or you just hang out a bit with oh, him? I, not really. I just like this was a crowded place, and I'm like already the introduction's a little random. Where yeah, like, yeah. Oh, nice to meet you. Like. You know, like I'm his competitor, um, so I did my little like wow, yeah. like it's, like I'm flattered to meet you, whatever. Yeah. But I was like more like hope your recovery is going well and oh, stuff okay. like that. Yeah, so and then like saw him throughout the night, but more casual. Like you, I think me for example, like as much as you like the praise, I think you appreciate when people treat you like a normal person. Yeah, like ninety yeah. percent of the time you're just a normal person, and like everyone's normal and doesn't want to be like put on a pedestal for their yeah. the, just their running right mm. and so this was all at the the bar yeah after the races which one was, that was, this the, was wild the first duck? bar is that, how it's called? that was the wild duck yeah wild duck. is that like an old school bar like an old school <clears throat> organ bar i think it has a lot of track history but in terms of like the vibe it was just like because that like pizza a, place was though oh that yeah, pizza i didn't place end up going this time was like so old school and they had like all like pictures of like oh, track yeah. and field stuff yeah i can't remember how it's called but is that the one track where... down pizza track down pizza yeah, that was super and cole were like handing out their pizzas or... probably yeah, yeah. similar yeah. vibe to that like That's in terms cool, just like a bar version where it's just like standard and not yeah. like super yeah. crazy the reason i was anything. asking though is like because uh like was central going crazy because i mean we've seen a party after kipchoge broke like two hours in the marathon like like, I was going wild on the camera. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Wait, what was that about? I didn't, I didn't remember. Oh, at that. the after party, after, like, Kipchoge went under two, they had, like, a big thing. And this guy was, like, just going crazy, like, chanting and going hard in the after party. So I was just wondering if he's like that all the time or only. Well, I mean, he's history. injured right now. He's probably trying to, like, protect his Achilles, right? Oh, if right. he goes hard, he might rip it again. <laughs> yeah, I didn't... It says Achilles, right? I think That's it's messed knee. Up. Yeah. Knee? Something. Yeah. Oh. Something oh, yeah, yeah. He had like... a surgery. Like. Yeah, I didn't notice anything crazy like that. Like everyone's going a little bit wild i think um and like yeah again you don't want to like i guess he has eyes on him all the time especially yeah. was he, yeah. when he's in like a track thing but didn't know we need him back crazy. man he's good for the sport no lie yeah he he's good i, I want to see him banter with jacob and gibritson yeah. i want to see him like, young guys uh, go back and forth with him and then josh kerr i yeah. feel like those three would kind of like do some do some solid banter if they uh, they were to get cocky together 100%. yeah that's the first thing was funny yeah. central's <laughs> a good talker he's a good talker for real yeah, and they keep the young guys humble too. Not that Josh Curry is old. I mean, or Central even. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to diss the guy. I think Central's like thirty. Oh yeah. 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 Well, he's got some time left. Yeah. What's uh What's next? So what's next for you is Nike X, and then right now you're just getting in shape for that again. No yeah. off season. Um. Actually, funny enough, maybe this is uh, just another example of everyone being a little different. Um, I had a very good fall last year and one of the things I didn't do was take any serious time off. So like while I was in the village, everyone's like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to take like th- two months off this year. Like, Wait, two months I off? I need a reset. And off? I was like, yo, There's no way. this last year was <laughs> the no first way. time I didn't take two weeks off completely because I just like did jogs, kind of like 
two of three days or so just kind of did that and then had my best cross season ever and then usually i get injured when i try to come back too fast because i'm trying to catch you young guys yeah talk (laughs) about that too because you could have gone to you could have made a canadian team at cross right you were third Mm. at Canadian Nationals and it's like people think thought Cam was an 800 meter like pure <laughs> 800 meter runner but then here he is like getting third at our national championship in the cross country yeah, right behind John Gay and Charles first um, time he fully takes cross serious and he comes yeah, third yeah first like, time so like talk a bit about that even up. like it was a muddy course it was kind of messed up but like you probably decided not to go because you wanted to like prioritize track yeah so I used to joke that um I think it's generally a little bit easier to make a cross team because not everyone shows up for nationals. Yeah, and, like Mohamed, uh, Justin Knight weren't there. Yeah, and like there's more people on the team. Um, I used to joke that like my biggest goal was always to make a Canadian team and I was like, yeah, of course it's going to be my cross country for my first ever one. And then it was. And then I had to deny it because uh, it was like a week after World Indoors. Mm. And I, I think the email for that one came out first or something like that. And I was like, my first ever Team Canada, and I have to say no. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a pretty fun experience. Um, again, didn't really believe it was happening until there, like a K to go. Luke uh, gave me a little challenge, and then I was expecting him to just sail into third place. Yeah, and he didn't go, and I was like, strong guy. Man. Wow, <laughs> am I actually going to medal in cross country? Crazy. Yeah. So, what's your pre race routine? Pre-race, couple routine. weird things you do. Um, Talk about like those the weird day things. before, or uh, like like day of, like the like the stuff when I met you in uh, Oregon, like uh, the virtual stuff you're doing there. Oh, it's tough. I think I think my weirdest one, maybe that people wouldn't agree with, is that I like to have a shower right before I leave. Okay, that, so I like have a shower, yeah. get super clean, brush my teeth. Put on baby powder and all that stuff. Like stuff I don't Wait, what's the baby powder do. about? What's it's, that about? I don't know. Gold bond powder? You throw baby powder on? Where? Can yeah. You... Just usually in... Because the, the split shorts are... Or not the split shorts. The half tights? Um, half tights are pretty sticky. So I actually learned that from Ryan Brockerville, the OG steepler from SFU. Yeah, he like gave me some once after so a run and I was like, oh, okay. Like so, chafing prevention? Or... Honestly, I don't even Yo, know. Just like every practice I do, and I wear half tights all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I never put it in except I do that on race day. <laughs> it's a race thing. Gold, just, yeah. You do that, it activates your mind, you know it's race time. Yeah. What else what else do you do? Is there any other things? Um, you move on something else? Nothing nothing crazy. I think they're like everyone gets super nervous and I noticed that when I was in the village, like hanging out with other people who were on race day. It's like no matter who you are, you're anxious the day of the yeah. race for no reason really. Like you run every day. You bet. Um, yeah. So just the usual, Caffeine? have a big breakfast, have coffee, have a coffee before the race. Like um, just a cup of coffee or because when I saw you, you had the little canned cold brew. Yeah. So usually I would go for the can, but I think one of my races this year, this is actually maybe, a, I don't know if it's a funny story, but I forgot my can when I went to the track and then I was like, oh, I need a coffee. So then I was walking out of the track and Tin Man all shows up with iced coffees from Starbucks mm-hmm. and I asked them, I'm like, Where's the Starbucks? I need to go. And then went to the Starbucks and got a coffee like them. So Well, Starbucks like now room. has, they sell, they're only in the States, so I haven't seen in Canada yet. Like the nitro cold brew cans. Yeah, I think I've yeah, had you, to you can resort get that. to that once. Yeah. You can get that at the, just at the grocery store, you can grab that. Are, are they in Canada now? I'm sure they, I don't know about I, the I've nitro cold brew, but I know they have the like States. the ones with milk and caramel and all that. Yeah, like all the that, triple shot. All energy. that stuff that, 
Yeah, because yeah, I saw you do it, chug the coffee before the race, and so I started doing it. Oh, and it was it was getting me out. Like I, yeah, yeah. it helps. I know I know John Gay. He thinks he like drinks Red Bulls before his races. Yeah, a lot of people do so, the Red Bull. It's yeah. kind of whatever your stomach can handle. Yeah, fast. Um, Some people take caffeine pills even. The only thing that I'm wondering about though is I like caffeine dries your mouth out, mm. right? Uh, it gets and, you dehydrated a little bit too. Yeah, a little bit dehydrated. And I remember. Um, in World Indoors, I think I was listening to like Coffee Club, and they said they were avoiding caffeine because the track there was so hot and dry. And like I finished that race, and it, I thought I was in a desert, because like, <laughs> I had like a lot of coffee that day, and then went there. Yeah. And, yeah. So that's the one thing I'm like, mm, maybe I need to adjust this and find a way to like have a a more wet mouth. Because well, every race, like even I was doing interviews after Worlds, and like my lip is like sticking to my yeah. teeth because i'm like i can't even talk because yeah. like my mouth is so dry but. yeah runners in general are just like coffee fiends yeah, i feel like, like you're always tired you're always like doubling like you just drink another coffee so like we're gonna do like a shameless plug on uh <laughs> balsam blends who sponsored this podcast they're gonna slap us a bunch of a bunch of coffee so shout out to them they're a vancouver brand um that's supporting just this podcast it's not like a definite like partnership or anything but uh the coffee's pretty solid so it is runners actually. and also doctors oh they oh, yeah. their so coffee like, too when they're up overnight you know he has you gotta stay focused he has it twice as bad yeah twice as bad so coffee comes in class what's your like record i, I obviously I, i don't expect you to keep count but you think you've gone like well like six cups in a day seven honestly i'm Maybe like three. Oh, but yo, yeah. even like, because for example, in Portland, what you you were you have twenty four hour shifts when you mm-hmm. when you go work. That's crazy. You're on your legs twenty four hours working, and then what you go? Do you practice after? Do you practice before? Like, when's your training fit into that? A couple times I practice after. Like I was in like like North Van, and then woke up at seven or whatever, came straight to practice. God. Like what? I like we have the twenty four hours. So hour what shifts, what would be like you your have typical time to sleep? If there's nothing going on, oh, right. But you sleep there at the hospital. There's yeah, like they a, have like you said there was like a dorm room or something. Mm-hmm, it's oh. like a dorm room. They call it call rooms. The same thing. It's just like a little bed. Okay, just before we wrap up here, we're gonna have a little couple like rapid fire questions. Uh, I guess Carlos, you can start. I know you have a couple about what goes on before races start. Yeah, so I've noticed you always throw water on you on your head, on your arms. Like I've started doing that as well. Like what's the rationale behind that? And have you seen other people like do like cool like pre race stuff? Um, so now I do that before every race because I found out that, like I said before, I don't really love the heat and it helps you cool down. I think the first day I did, the first time I did that was last year in Montreal, mm. but now I just do it every time because it, it helps me cool down. Uh, people in the call room were doing that a little bit on the second day because it was hotter. But the thing is like so many people were in there like doing the whole slapping thing. Yeah. Slapping yeah, their like, legs, right? Yeah, like everyone's doing that stuff so hard, and they have like red marks on their legs. What? And you're like, is it to bring blood to your legs? Maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I was wondering though, but they're all like, that's the sound of the call room. It's just like, <laughs> you know. I'm hoping this does not destroy our viewers' ears. I, I mean, okay, <laughs> not, in the mic. Not many people were talking. Uh, I think I was being annoying because I like went to the washroom twice and then like got out of line to go get like the transponder sign and stuff but mm. yeah and then the kenyans they love to throw stuff on them like actually this is a funny story from world indoors but like remember no gnac meets like you take your singlet off right and then they're like oh we're gonna dq you because mm. like you're in the whatever i literally saw like this kenyan like throw his pants down he's wearing like tidy wedges underneath and he like brings his shirt up <laughs> and there's like a coach behind him like 
rubbing his body with like cream and stuff. What? And it was like right in the middle of like everyone warming up, like inside. We're so he's like the almost room, just like basically naked. Basically naked, yeah, getting like rubbed by his coach from behind. So did he run, did he run well? I, I can't remember who it was. He might have. He's yeah. getting all lubed up right before the race. Yeah. <laughs> gotta be loose, gotta be smooth. So yeah, the biggest thing is the creams and the smacks. Mm, the smacks. Yo, uh, so we were gonna ask as well, like, how do you, how do you, like, chill out other than, like, because you're always on mentally, like, racing, training, or med school. Like, how do you chill out? Like, what do you do? You watch movies, you listen to music, hit the spa. What do you do? Um, I don't know. I kind of just, like, when I have some time, I like to schedule time with friends to mm. go, like, go to eat and stuff have a beer so um not really into netflix or anything lately because for one i don't feel like i have the time to commit to a like a whole series but also yeah. never know what to watch um yeah music just what about like music? to chill What's lately i've been artist? into some r&b r&b what um, stuff are like new what like uh, more like a couple years old i'm just kind of going with that apple music Voice uh, like, what's an artist do. what's an artist just... like Masego Daniel Caesar oh that's um, fire you ever heard of Boyz II Men no that's <laughs> maybe too old I don't know maybe I gotta look for new stuff I'm, I kind of tend to get into this thing where I like listen to one artist for like a month or two okay. and I just go through all their albums and that's all I listen to for a month or two and then I find the next one so yeah I don't even know who it is right yo, now yo uh, random, random other question if you could go for a run like a conversational run with anyone that like dead or alive doesn't need to be a runner it could be like an artist it could be anyone who would you do it with and why like what would you talk about you yeah thanks. we have some great conversations on runs thanks man yeah uh no let, <laughs> let's see like a, a celebrity or something like that who yeah. do i really look up to yeah um are they allowed to lie like do they have to ask like answer all my questions no like just yeah, if you want to just, just spend time with them just anybody yeah you go you can chill you chill with them basically uh, i don't know maybe matt Sencher with senior because senior? like i was so excited to meet him mm. like i don't know much about him like yeah uh probably him maybe. matt Sencher with senior yeah <laughs> we could probably we could just probably, joke i don't know we could probably make that happen that's a loaded question maybe. to pick one person we know where he um, works <laughs> yeah I don't know. All right. Well, we'll go with Matt Central with senior then. Sure. <laughs> Anybody. Like, it, it could be... <laughs> like, it, could, it, could literally, it could literally be Elon Musk, bro. Yeah, could, yeah but I don't, I'm not a fan of that guy. You know, you guys know me. Like, I always hate on people who do well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, I always find, like, some You'll find to something like, ah, to pick on. Yeah, something to pick on. Something to pick on, okay, yeah. Because you're always striving for perfection, right? Mm. So, like, in order to get yourself better, you kind of have to be like, you know what? The people I looked up to, they're not perfect either. You know? Yeah. You don't want people better than you. Yeah. You want to be the best. Right? That's why you're in the sport. Yeah. That's why next Tuesday, absolute middle distance showdown south surrey let's go i can't wait to see who comes out on top you're so random yeah <laughs> all right well that's about as many rapid fire questions as yeah I we didn't have too much in, in mind here it was just a couple yeah. oh what about like what's in my bag or something no what's in your bag Do you want us to ask what's in your bag <laughs> like like don't you have a, a stethoscope yeah i'm waiting for the day when i'm confident enough about a race to give it to you and then you're gonna throw cool. it on me after the race i got a question yeah uh, jose has a fanboy question uh this is uh gq 10 things you can't live without okay um <laughs> wait like 10 things i can't go ten on items. a trip without 10 items yeah. Just, 10 items okay yeah. uh like a laptop garmin watch that's two 
um, dental floss because you can find it. Um, you can find like a toothbrush anywhere, but like, I really like this floss, and it's really important. Mm. Um, the Horizon hoodie fourth. That yeah, one. sure. Yeah, nice fire clothes. Mm. Horizon um, shorts. That's a fifth. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Running, Horizon shorts. Running like a, a running outfit. The kind of best, eh? Yeah. A running outfit because you never know when you're going to get a chance. <laughs> a running outfit. Let's just say like that involves like shoes, everything yeah, like that. that. Facts, facts. Yo, for anyone watching this, September 10th, we're going to have a Horizon drop, new Horizon drop. So all this gear that we have here is the OG stuff. We're never going to restock this. Uh, you can pull up on our website and we'll have a bunch of stuff on sale soon. But uh, September 10th, we'll make some noise for sure. We'll make some yeah, noise. Exactly. Get those Horizon shorts while you still can. Yeah, get all that, <laughs> that Horizon gear while you still can because it's not going to be restocked still. But uh, yeah, thanks for being on the podcast, Cam. Yeah, thanks for having uh, me. I see you every day, but uh, yeah, we just had to. It's kind of like a weird thing where it's like, we see you every day. So we're like, oh, we could do a podcast yeah. whenever with Cam. Yeah. And Plus like we, we had like all so many other like people and guests and like haven't even had like our best runner um, from the squad. But uh, yeah, hopefully you get a solid sponsor soon uh, right now. That'd be Horizon cool. supporting you a bit how we can, but uh, you're going to get a sponsor, I'm sure. Yeah, let's hope. Especially let's now, hope double got... world qualifier, Canadian yeah. record holder. Yeah. Like, Resume keeps on building. If sponsors are watching this, you'll sponsor the man. God damn. <laughs> Wake up. Don't sleep on the stock. Screw it.